But uh, we've, been on, we've been in this, um, this series called Hosting His Presence, Unveiling Heaven's Agenda for Our Lives. And, and um, we pressed pause last week due, due to the 4th of July, but we want to kind of, kind of ramp back up again and get back into it. We do have a, we do have a list of things we're going to be talking about throughout the rest of the summer, leading all the way up until August 25th. And then the last Sunday in August, I believe that's, I forget when that is, August 30th something, we're, we're going to be focusing fully on salvation. And that's, here's what I mean. Um, we're encouraging you to invite the, your friends, family, coworkers who do not know who Jesus is, or maybe they've fallen away, or maybe they used to go to church and don't come anymore. We call those unchurched people, um, the de-churched people, I'm sorry. We're, we're encouraging you, and I'm asking you personally to invite those people on that day because we believe that God is going to lavish his love on us, and we're going to see multiple people get saved. How many of you guys want to see that happen? Amen. That's the last Sunday in August, okay? And then that night, the last Sunday of August, we're headed down to, to, uh, to the park by David Ray's. Help me, somebody. Dash Park. Dash Park to have a worship and prayer night over our city. Um, and on Alaska at Dash Park. So just going to be a great, great time. So that's the last Sunday month. But we want to kind of just unpack a little bit here. So a couple of weeks ago, just to kind of recap, we talked through Jacob's Ladder. Does anybody remember that message? All right, great. If not, you can always find it online and listen to it. We talked about Jacob's Ladder. We talked about what, what it means to be a house of God, to have an open heaven, to have um, a, um, heaven's activity, angelic activity taking place in our lives, and then also hearing the voice of God or all the things of what it means to be the house of God. But today I want to focus in a little bit on what it means to have an open heaven around us. Let me just ask this real quick, and just by a show of hands and a yes and amen, how many, how many of you believe that God desires to have an open heaven around your life? Yes? Okay. Amen. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So turn to, in your Bibles to Mark chapter 1. I've grown up praying this prayer. Um, I've grown up um, in prayer. So, you know, if... if if you've been around the Assemblies of God or a charismatic movement at all, you know that we're wild and crazy, right? So we pray some of the coolest things. And uh, in Isaiah chapter 61, I believe in verse 1, it talks a little bit about rend the heavens and come down. Does that, do you guys know what I'm talking about? And that's a prayer. That's, that's something that, we've, that, that we pray. That's something that within the circles that we pray about. God, just rend the heavens and come down. God, just open the heavens and come down. Rend the heavens and come down. While all those things are heartfelt and, and, and we know that they are, I want to suggest to you this morning that God has already opened the heaven around you. Therefore, we just need to fall into alignment with what he's already done for us. Right. However, that, I understand that prayer. I understand that, especially the intercessory circles, you know, the intercessors. Um, um, if you don't know what that means, I'll quickly describe it to you. It's, it's people that pray, but a little bit more. Okay. Basically they really dive in. Okay. And so intercessory prayer, I mean, they're ah, in the heavens, Lord. God has already done all of those things for us. And we're going to find out what that means. And even though that, that prayer is such a great prayer to pray and there's nothing against it. Um, I just want to encourage you um, and, 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 and just remind us that that prayer has already been answered by Jesus for us. And that's what we're going to unpack. You know, I love revival history. I would never consider myself a historian of revival, but I love reading back in the old stories. And open heavens can sometimes be like this. There was a, there was a revival 
way back in the day in, in Wales. It's called the Welsh Revival. Does anybody know what I'm talking about when I say the Welsh Revival? There was a Welsh Revival that happened, and it's said in the history books of revival that the moment you cross the border from England into Wales, you can feel something shift in the atmosphere. There was something that was different. Just the, just the immediate crossover of the border, there was something there. There was an open heaven. There was something that happened in the Welsh uh, revival that, that had just gone down in history. I don't know about you, but I want that for on Alaska and La Crosse and Cooley region. I want people, when they're coming back from Mayo Clinic in Rochester, to drive across the border and feel the presence of God. Right? And why not? I mean, I mean, honestly, really, let's just ask ourselves that. Why not? Is that too big for God to handle? Can God not take care of that? Can God not do something that extravagant? I believe that he can. And I believe that he wants to. So let's start with our parking lot. Let's pray and ask the Lord that there be such an open heaven over our church that the moment people drive and look at our mailbox with the numbers coming off of it, that's just my assessment, you can look. They drive and they go, ooh, I don't know what I just felt, but I feel something. I already know that's happening in our church building because people walk in through the doors of the church and they go, there's something different here. There's something different here. If God can do it within the four walls of the church, I know he can do it without the walls of the church. And so let's just begin to believe God for the things that are impossible so we can literally see revival take place within our region. Amen? Open heaven. It's what we cry for. It's what we want. The title of my message today is Answering the Ancient Cries. It's what we desire in open heaven. See, when we say rend the heavens, what we're really praying and what we're really believing for is that there'll be an open heaven over us. So Mark chapter one, verses nine through 11, I love the story of Jesus being baptized in water. Love the story of that. There, every time I read it, I find something new. <laughs> you know, you ever focus on a scripture like that before and, and you just kind of just hang there for a little bit and you kind of just read it over and you go, man, it's like God just highlights something different. That's, I wanna encourage you when you read your Bible, don't read it with the intention of being done. Read it with the intention of hearing God. Because the word of God should always point to Jesus. No matter what, should always point to Jesus. So Mark chapter one, and the reason why I'm reading out of Mark, John is the best description, the, the book of John is the best description of what happened on the day. But the reason why I'm reading out of Mark is for one in particular word that I wanna highlight today. Mark chapter one, verses nine through 11 says, in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opening. Say that with me. He saw the heavens opening. And the spirit, like a dove, descending upon him. And a voice came from the heavens saying, you are my beloved son, and you I am well pleased. So I want us to picture this here for a little bit. Here's Jesus, right? The son of God. John has known about Jesus for a while because they're cousins, okay? John is known and has put his faith in Jesus as the Messiah. So up in all this time, John is going around proclaiming that the Messiah is coming. 
that the Messiah is coming, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie. He's saying the Messiah is coming. So he's in the desert, he's baptizing people, and he's saying one is coming greater than me, okay? I baptize you in water, but one's coming after me to baptize you in fire. The last message in my series is called the baptism of fire. So I baptize you in fire. So here's John. He's been prophesying all this. So you have to just picture this with me a little bit. He's been prophesying this. He's been, he's been declaring it. He's been proclaiming it. And in walks Jesus to the baptism meeting. People lined up getting baptized by John. Jesus walks in and says, John, I need you to baptize me. John looks at them and says, whoa. Jesus. Like, I know we're cousins and everything, but serious. I'm unworthy to baptize. What you have, I need. Baptize me, is what John said. Baptize me, and Jesus says, no. The fulfillment of the word has to be done in order for this to be right. John, I need what you have. I need what you have. Isn't that awesome? That is as insignificant sometimes that we may feel God wants what you have. God wants what you have. And so John puts him in that river, bloop, dunks him, comes back up. And the Bible says that the heavens parted, the heavens opened, and the Spirit of God came like a dove and rested upon Jesus and rested upon Jesus. And I'd like to suggest to you this morning that this was more than just a vision that John had. I believe that it was an actual event that took place, a supernatural occurrence that took place. I believe the people around in that time when they were there saw this transaction happen. See, in this illustration, this story really depicts what it means to host the presence of God and to host his presence. You see, the spirit of God is resting upon Jesus and he never leaves Jesus. The spirit of God is resting upon him like a dove and he never leaves him. Now I believe that the Holy Spirit lives in every single believer here this morning if you call yourself a believer, amen? If you call yourself a believer this morning, you have a new spirit because that's what the Bible says. But the reality is this, even though you may have the spirit of God in you, the reality is that the spirit of God may not be resting upon you. There's a difference. He's in you, amen, but he's on me. He's in me for my benefit, but he's on me for yours. He's in you for my benefit, for your benefit, but he's on you for my benefit. There's something about being anointed by the Spirit of God. And I think we've gotten away from that language too much. See, when I was growing up in the church, I remember hearing all the time, man, that guy's anointed by the Holy Spirit. You guys remember saying that before? See, and that's what this means. It means that the Holy Spirit is resting upon that person. They are anointed by the Spirit of God. Now, every single one of us has the capability of having the Holy Spirit rest upon us. The reality is, is that we just have to grow aware of his presence around us, and we have to submit to that presence. 
We have to submit to that presence. You see, if a dove right now, if a dove right now, let me grab a Kleenex here. If a dove right now, in the, in, if the Holy Spirit came right now in the form of a dove, if a dove right now were, were with me, this is the dove, okay? It's not really a dove, okay? But you, you get the picture. And the dove came and rested upon my shoulder, okay? I would be, first of all, I would be aware of the dove, right? Because <laughs> he's on my shoulder. I can see him out of the corner of my eye. But how would that affect my life if I wanted the dove to be with me? How would I walk? What would I do? How would I live my life? If I never wanted the dove to leave, what would I do differently? Well, some would say, well, you just gotta walk carefully, right? So you don't frighten the dove away. There's truth to that, okay? But I suggest to you this morning that everything that I do has the dove in mind. Everywhere I walk, I walk with the dove in mind. Every thought that I think, I think with the dove in mind. Everything I say, I say with the dove in mind. When I become aware and more conscious of the dove with me and on me, the outcome of my life and the way I live is much differently than not being aware of it. If I'm just too concerned about frightening it and it going away, that I will never take a risk. I will never go to the places. I will never do what, the, what God is asking me to do. But if I'm aware of his presence, always in mind of where he is and what he's doing, I will walk accordingly to how God wants me to walk. We have to learn to grow aware and conscious of the dove with us and resting upon us. And I know we don't always get it right. Come on, somebody. Right? But can our prayer and our heart be to become a people that are aware and walk with the dove in mind? See, in this water baptism of Jesus, it says that the heavens parted. And when we think about that, that story in the heavens parted, I, before, before I figured out what it, what it really meant, before I used to think the clouds just whisked away you know, and then a nice little voice from heaven says, this is my son whom I'm, I don't know why I think Jesus sounds Southern. Okay. But this is my son whom I'm well pleased. Okay. And then a dove just went and just like landed on the shoulder. Really what that word opening means, means to part. Okay. It's actually a violent term. It's a militant term. Okay, it means to part. It, the, the word part there and open literally means to split or sever, literally or figuratively, to break, divide, and open, to rend, and to make rent, to open the heavens. So it is a, it was, and, and I don't want to depict God as a violent God, but what happened was it's the same word that is used when Jesus was crucified. Do you guys remember this story? When Jesus was crucified and the veil ripped from the top to the bottom, that veil was about six inches in, in, in thickness, okay? See, it ripped from the top to the bottom because we always live from heaven to earth. It ripped from the top to the bottom and it went like this, 
right? It's the same word used when the heavens parted as on that day of res- on the day when Jesus was crucified, when it was ripped open. It was a violent term. As a matter of fact, in that same passage of scripture, in that same story, it says that rocks in Jerusalem all the way around broke in half. It was that much of a violent, militant atmosphere that took place where God supernaturally did something where things ripped and things tore open and things broke open, right? It's the same word that is used here when John and Jesus got baptized. It says that violently, militantly, the heavens parted. It ripped open and the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus and rested and remained with him like a dove. And the reason why this is important to understand, one of the major major reasons why, is if you and I live with the understanding that us, me and you, that we live under an open heaven because of that day. You see, when Jesus Christ came, he came with salvation as his mission. Amen? He came with salvation as that's what he came to do. But that's, that is the roof, that is the foundation. That's our four walls of salvation. But in the middle of all that, Jesus did so much more for us. On that day, an open heaven happened over his life, saying that an open heaven now is over the life of every believer. The heavens have opened. Heaven has ripped open for you and me. So that way we can confidently live under an open heaven. See, if you and I live with the understanding that we too live under an open heaven, our lives play out and live much differently. The impossible, hear me, the impossible seems possible. The I can'ts turn into I can with him. I love the story of our missionaries this morning because here's some people working some normal jobs. I can't wait for somebody in here where God goes, you, Burundi, Africa. And you go, aye, aye, captain. (laughs) Why? Because God calls the normal people. God calls, he doesn't call the most educated all the time. He doesn't call the most anointed all the time. He calls the people who say yes, who understand that they live under this open heaven. You see, if we live consciously of an open heaven, we live differently. If we're always waiting for God to open the heaven, this is where that prayer comes in. If we're always waiting for God or even beg God to open the heaven, What that feels like, it's like we're facing a red light waiting for it to turn green. God's idea of open heaven is it's always green. It's always go. It's always green until he turns it red. You see the difference? See, the difference between believing we're in an open heaven or not in an open heaven really is the measure between our ears. It's called the transformation of our mind. And I'm telling you, I have been challenged the last few weeks applying this to my life, that God literally can handle every situation. He can take it. He can mold it. He can shape it. He can do whatever he wants to do. As long as I do not have to have control over it, God can do whatever he wants to do. 
with any situation. I do not care financially if we're dealing with something right now. God says, hand that over to me. Watch me work. Watch me work. Why? Because you live under an open heaven. But pastor, my school, my work environment, the government, the nation is not, it's all in turmoil. All this is obviously not an open heaven. I understand that. Maybe that's not, but you are. But you are as a believer in Christ. You are, you have an open heaven over you. Caitlin, if you can come back up, please. See, for the Christian, most closed heavens are between the ears. In other words, it's what we think. And if we feed into a lie, we actually contribute to the very thing that we don't want. So we have to shift our focus. See, the Bible says this in James, and I really kind of understood this. The, the Bible says in James, the Father is jealous for the Spirit of God in you. The Father's jealous for the Spirit of God in you. So let me ask you this. What demonic power can block the relationship and intimacy between you and the Father? Is there any? Okay, let me try this side. Is there any demonic power that can block the relationship between you and the Father? No. Absolutely not. And I'm growing in this, but it just, it just, I don't quite understand why believers would give the enemy so much power to dictate their life. When you have the authority and the power to be the overcomer, because of what he's accomplished for us on the cross and because of the open heaven that we live in. There's no addiction. There's no shame. There's no sin. There's no brokenness. There's no heartache. There's no depression. There's nothing that can come between you and the love of Jesus Christ. None. Zero. None. None. There's no demonic stronghold that can, oh, anytime, overwhelm you enough from his love for you. He will do everything that he can do to be with you. Everything. See, when you're aware of what you have immediate access to, you grow confidently to access it. When we believe we're under that open heaven, everything heaven has to offer now is in your possession. How do we know this? because signs and wonders will follow those who believe. I don't wanna chase the sign, I want him to chase me. You know what I'm saying? So one thing I do for myself personally to stir up the awareness of the Spirit of God resting on my life like a dove that I wanna encourage you to do. Number one, take some moments out of your life whenever you feel like you need this encouragement and remind yourself that you are a child of God. I constantly tell myself, I am a child of God. I am a child of God, but I messed up. Doesn't matter, I am a child of God. You are not your mess up, come on somebody. You are not your mistake. You are not your sin, you are not your decision. You are a child of God. I remind myself that he's upon me. If 
If I can find that confidence, I can find myself living from a place rather than going after that place. And what that enables me to do is actually respond to the Father rather than react to the enemy. It helps me respond to the Father rather than react to the enemy. I talked about this in our class this morning. When I respond to the Father, I listen to what he's saying, just like Jesus did. And he says, where you go, I'll go. What you say, I'll say. He lived in response to the Father, not in reaction to the enemy. See, I grew up, if there's a problem, go, go take, re react. Right, if there's an issue, go react. If this is going, go react. If this is happening, go react. React, 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 react. And before you know it, we get all tired and worn out. And, and, but if we respond to the Father and what he's saying, what he's speaking, and that's what an open heaven does for you and I. It makes us more aware of the presence of God around us so therefore we can respond to what he's doing and where he's leading. I believe this because the word of God says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. Every single one of us can walk in the steps that God has ordained for us. See, when we're living in response to the Father, we do what, we, we do what he does. We walk where he walks. We talk like he talks. In other words, we're aware of the anointing of God and the Spirit of God in our lives. We are aware of his presence. And honestly, this is the whole base of hosting his presence. It's all about growing aware of where he is. Of who he is, where he is, what he's doing. He desires a relationship with you so much that he wants you to be aware of him in the room. He wants you to be aware of his presence in you. Amen? So as we close and we pray today, what I want to do is I want to conclude with a prayer for your life that says, help me, Jesus, to grow aware of your presence. Help me, Jesus, to be anointed by your spirit. How many of you guys want to be anointed by God's presence? Anointed simply means this, to be poured upon, okay? To be poured upon. When they would anoint someone with oil, in the New Testament and the Old Testament, they would grab the vat of oil and go, okay? And it would anoint them. Aaron's beard, anoint. It would just anoint them. It would cover them, right? It would cover them. I want to be covered with God's presence, amen? So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just pray here this morning that we will grow aware of your spirit. Help us to grow aware of your presence. In every situation, everything that we're doing, everywhere we're walking, everything that we're doing, God, help us to grow in awareness so that way we can respond to you, Father, not react. Help us, Jesus, to grow aware of your presence. And Father, right now, in Jesus' name, and if this is you, I just want you to raise your hands very quickly and say, God, anoint me right now with your spirit. Anoint me, cover me right now with your presence. Cover me with your presence, Lord. I want you more than anything else, Jesus. I want to pray for people and see things happen. God, I want to heal the sick, raise the dead. God, I want to do what you do, Father. Jesus, it's all about you, God. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen.